Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Fight to Finish podcast. On today's episode, we actually have a special guest from the CrossFit community. I think you will all really enjoy uh, hearing from him. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is the Fight to Finish podcast. I'm Cece, and this is Arwen S. And we are your hosts for the Fight to Finish podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. I think all of our fans in the CrossFit community will probably know his name. We are happy to welcome Jason Kalipa on our podcast. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah. So, Jason, this is my first time meeting you. Yeah. And it's super exciting. But I think Arwen has actually met you before. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... So back in 2003 or 2013. Oh, okay. I was going to say 2003. Man, I was really young. In 2013, you did a GORUCK event in Santa Cruz. Oh, yeah. The class was so big, they had to bring out two cadre. Yeah. And they split up the class. I was in your group with cadre Carlos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was me and Garrett. Oh, really? Yeah, Garrett Fisher was in that group. I didn't even know that. Yeah, we were carrying a log at the end, yeah. yeah so-, so one thing that stuck out to me is I remember we were going down a railroad, following a railroad, and I think at, up to that point we were like eight, ten hours in, and we were carrying that log. Yeah. It was like too small for a lot of people, but too big for one person, and that one person... That being you, decided to pick it up and kind of do a burden carry. Oh, man. Yeah, there's a picture of it. And I and I saved it of you. And I'll be honest, I didn't know who you were at the time. And everybody was like, that's amazing. You did an event with Jason Kalipa. And I was like, who is this guy? And I'm, I'm, and I'm like, what, what, what's going on? And one of those things that were kind of crazy because coming full circle now, we're, we're both done GORUCK events. I'm now patron of NC Fit. Now, and, and we also do jujitsu. So it's just kind of interesting, kind of where we, our paths align and are kind of in the same similar circles. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of something I cherish now because when she got into it, I was like, Hey, you know, I actually did a Gorak event with somebody in the CrossFit space. That was a tough event too. It was just, it was just cause it was just cold, wet, nasty. But you know, for us, uh, getting ready for the CrossFit games, Garrett, myself, um, we would always try to expose ourselves to as uncomfortable a position as possible. And the the reality was is that the more we could expose ourselves, the more we could kind of callous ourselves for when it really mattered. We were competing at the highest level. So we would do all kinds of really tough stuff. The Gorwick was just a expression of that. Um, and, and that was just a version. You know, we went in the water like at 2 a.m. And it just kind of sucked, right? It wasn't like hard. It just kind of was like, ah, oh, all right, that sucks. I have sand in my pants or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're, you know, Garrett and I, for a long time, once a week, we would go out to Santa Cruz and go swim at 5 a.m. And just get comfortable with that really uncomfortableness. You know, it's dark, you're in the water, it's scary. It's, you know, I wasn't a huge fan, but after a while, you just start to become a little bit more, um, you learn how to overcome it. And that was an example of what we did with the GORUCK. So we chose to do the GORUCK because I figured, hey, if I get to the CrossFit Games, there's an event that's similar. I'll at least have exposure to this. And I knew what I did to prepare myself for X, Y, and Z. But that's funny. That, you know, that, was, a, that, was, not fun. that was not a fun event. Well, that was my second event. Oh. And I fell in love with it. And I kept doing it. And actually, that's how we met. Oh, really? You guys met doing a GORUCK? Yeah. Oh, no way. <laughs> huh. Yeah, basically, I saw this girl carrying 100 and something pounds in just sand and... 
Well, I didn't take the sand from her, but I... Yeah, he didn't help me carry it. That was nice of him. <laughs> yeah, but I started a conversation and yeah, we haven't stopped talking. Wow, that's cool. Good yeah. for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice. yeah so. But so Gorwick is actually really intimidating for people. They see it and they're just like, oh my gosh, you're carrying all this weight and you're going all night. Like, how do you do that? And then you look at CrossFit and you hear similar things and the same thing with jujitsu. So what kept you from like how how did you overcome that right like that fear and how it looks intimidating well i mean for me it's not intimidating like those things don't intimidate me like a go rep challenge doesn't intimidate me it just seems like okay i'm gonna go expose myself to something that's gonna suck i know it's gonna suck and it's it's but it's gonna make me a better person um you know like using jujitsu as an example that's a really good example because the barrier to entry is really high and it takes a certain type of personality to want to expose yourself to these uncomfortable positions. I always want to push myself um, for different reasons. And I believe that if you push yourself physically, you could see a lot of mental gains. And we've seen that in our lives with some of the um, you know, adversity we've had to face in real life. But through fitness, you could learn how to compartmentalize, utilize positive self-talk, utilize certain tools that then transfer over. And so I guess for me, jujitsu took me a while to get back into. So when I was in high school um, or when I was in college, excuse me, I started doing Muay Thai and then I got into jujitsu and I loved it. I did. And I was doing a combination of both. But when I found CrossFit, I got out of it because I wanted to really focus on the sport of CrossFit and didn't want to get hurt. Getting back into it was really tough because I really wanted to. I wanted to learn the self-defense. I wanted to do it. I, I used to love watching. It was like a chess match. But it was really tough because being the newbie, you have to have that mindset where it's just, you're not going to know what you're doing. You're going to get your ass kicked. And it's hard to put yourself in that position. And But what I kept telling myself is that I know I want to do this. It's very important to me. And if I don't want to look back a year from now and know that I didn't make any progress towards that goal, it's a good analogy like with my kid's college fund, right? Like there's no better time to start the kid's college fund than today because we know that there's going to be a compounding interest on there. Same thing goes for jujitsu, CrossFit, or you name it. If you start today, you'll, you won't regret it a year from now is, is kind of like what I tell myself. Right. And so it's getting through those small struggles, especially like you said, um, being a white belt, it sucks. It sucks to suck and you have to get through it. And I think that's something that Armin and I have both seen in the jujitsu community is people tend to just, uh, like they just kind of disappear after they get their blue belt. Yeah. The blue belt is the time where they really, uh, most, you know, most people don't make it to purple, right? Most, I mean, most people don't even make it to blue, right? Yeah, but, sure. but when, when you're in it and then you get your blue, a lot of people end up just getting out. And I don't, I, I don't quite know exactly where that all stems from. Um, but you know, there, there is something to be said about, um, we live a life that is focused on becoming more and more comfortable. We live in air conditioned houses, we have heating, we have clothes, whatever. And I think that we have to make a, a effort to intentionally get uncomfortable, right? We have escalators and elevators and all these different types of things to make your life more efficient, more streamlined, more whatever. But as a byproduct, you, you, you remove any form of adversity outside of like potentially really challenging ones. So for me, any chance I get to, to test myself mentally, physically, um, I, I try and expose myself to this. Yeah. And I think what we strive for is not necessarily take the path less traveled or the, the less beaten path. I think what we really try to strive for is to 
people to challenge themselves to get really uncomfortable or, you know, even start small, even at the airport, like don't take the escalator or the elevator, take the stairs or something like that. Yeah. Especially with the ruck on. So I mean, I travel, so I travel 150 days a year probably. And I always carry a ruck. Um, and it's just the thing I do, you know, Jason's really big on, um, on like the death to roller bag, right? He thinks the roller bag is one of the worst things that's happened to society because people just get really lazy. And I mean, there's obviously a time and a place where you will see me with the roller bag. If I'm with my kids and I have a bunch of stuff, but for the most part, if I'm traveling alone, I'm going to load up a GR2 or whatever it is. And it's a nice chance that when you have a, um, you know, a delay or something like that, you can go do some fitness and get some movement in. Yeah. And that's awesome. And then so what about when you're going into competitions? Because I know, well, I mean, obviously you're a CrossFit Games athlete. You're going up against the best in the world. I mean, what was what was that like going into that? How was that similar to competitions in jujitsu? Um, so, I mean, I've competed in CrossFit a lot of times for a long time. Um, I've competed in jujitsu four times. Um, and where where it differed was that in in CrossFit, there was no weight classes, which does make a difference because I didn't really know how to cut weight effect- effectively. Yeah, yeah. In CrossFit, my goal was to be as heavy or as light as possible to make my gymnastics and my weightlifting as efficient as possible. So I found that barrier where I became as strong as possible while still trying to be as light as possible to make gymnastics and weightlifting efficient, whatever. With jujitsu, when I was going to you know my weight class, um, a couple of times I've tried to cut. And that was a really big learning experience for me because one time I had to go run around the parking lot for like maybe 10, 15 minutes before my match. And that threw me off a little bit because I I, I wasn't aware of that. I hadn't exposed myself to that discomfort. Not, not that I was afraid of like losing weight. It's just that I had already been cutting weight for like the last couple of days or whatever it was. Then I get there. I'm already low on hydration and food because you haven't been able to eat that much. Then I'm a pound over. So I had to go run. So those were things that you learn and and I would only have learned those if I had exposed myself to the competition. But, you know, something I always hang my hat on and this goes for anything that we do, whether it's a meeting in a big meeting you're getting into or whatever is just this con- concept, which I know you read my book of, of earned confidence. And I think it's really important that whatever you're getting into, you kind of feel like you've earned the confidence to feel comfortable because like going into jujitsu, I, uh, I did this one competition at, at Blue Belt and this guy had been you know, a high level wrestler got into jujitsu and, and, and I had rolled with him before and he was very talented and I could tell myself all I want that I was going to kick his ass and slap myself in the face. But the, the reality was I hadn't put in the years and years and years of dedication that this gentleman did and it showed up, right? He won on points or whatever it was. And that's an example of every day before anything I get into, especially in CrossFit competition, I would just ask myself, did I earn my confidence today? Did I earn the confidence to walk in and feel like I've earned my place here to be competitive. I've put in all the work. Now just go in there and go execute. And the big difference between CrossFit and Jiu-Jitsu is that in CrossFit, you really have yourself to control, right? It's you against the workout. And the workouts can be super dynamic. I've done uh, you know, a lot of stuff. Um, but in Jiu-Jitsu, you have a competitor. So it becomes a really interesting game of chess because you don't know what they're going to do. And so it is, it is different in that nature where it becomes, um, you get a little bit more anxious. Mm-hmm. But they're just different. I, I, I can't describe it other than the fact that every day I'm trying to earn my confidence to make myself feel like I could go out there and perform to my best expectation. So kind of a follow-up question. Is your mindset different from competing in CrossFit space or competing in jiu-jitsu space or is it the same? No, it's a little bit different just because of my expectation myself. So like, for example, I competed at the CrossFit Games eight times 
um, hit the podium three. And so I had high expectations. I won the games and then I basically stayed in the top 10 for the next eight years. So I was expecting that. Right. Um, and so last year I got invited to compete with an event called the legends category. And I told myself going into that, like I wanted to be competitive. Um, that was where my headspace was, meaning I wanted to look good while I was doing it. Right. Like I want to look fit. (laughs) And I wanted to be competitive in nature, right? Like I wasn't getting my ass kicked. People weren't saying, oh, that Jason, he really let himself go. Those are my goals for that one. But I but I wanted to be competitive and that meant I needed to train. And I trained pretty hard. I trained hard enough to be competitive at the Legends and I ended up doing well there. But for jujitsu, it's more about um, the pressure isn't as much because I'm not considered like a subject material expert in it. Um, but I'm still extremely competitive and I want to make sure that I'm competing. Like I might not need to win, right? I might not try and win the world championships, but if I'm going to step up on the floor, I will be very competitive. Like if I'm going to, if I lose, I will be, I will be frustrated. And that's just the way I'm bred. Um, regardless of the sport, there's just a little bit, my mindset is a little bit different in both. And my mindset in CrossFit was different five years ago than it is today. Meaning five years ago, I was, I was going for the podium. Like, and it's because that was the expectation I had on myself from all the hard work I put in. But now if I was to go, it would be a different thing because I have different priorities and different focuses. So over time, just things change and you can't expect you're going to be the exact same person you were five, six, seven years ago. You know, I got into CrossFit when I was 20 years old. A lot has changed since then. Yeah, that's true. I mean, now we see Gorok at the CrossFit Games, which is amazing. Yeah, it's just different. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. So... So going into that, what do you think about CrossFit in the way that it's changed? Do you feel that the CrossFit games are now more difficult? Do you think it's just different? Uh, do you think that they've done a good job or just adapting it to really challenge these athletes? Well, I mean, I think that the athlete has changed, right? Has evolved. Um, and so therefore the workouts seem to change and evolve with it. Um, uh, you know, I think as far as the athletes are concerned, they're obviously doing incredible stuff. I think the sport is still relatively new. I think we saw a really large influx and a large spike in growth. I think now it's kind of flattened out. I think it will grow internationally, but I think that the sport needs to find its place, right? Like we, we went to the Home Depot Center where the Galaxy plays. Just the fact of the matter is the sport didn't justify or couldn't accommodate a soccer stadium. Like it's just a different sport, right? Um, you know, I used to race BMX bikes. And the grant, like the national championships were held at, uh, cattle arenas. And it was a lot of people, but it wasn't the same as going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. It just was a different amount of audience. Yeah. And I think CrossFit's kind of finding its home of where is it going to live in the, in the stratosphere of the X Games is here, you know, NBA is here. Where is this place going to live? And, um, I, I think time will tell where the sport goes, um, with the sanctionals and things like that. And, I think you'll see a, a few offshoots that'll start to really grow, like Wadapalooza and the Rogue Invitational. Yeah. And how have you seen that change in your business here at NC Fit? Do you feel like people are less excited about CrossFit, kind of the same? Or are you still seeing that excitement when people are joining CrossFit for the first time? No, I mean, I think I think part of it is us too, right? So I'm not as excited as I used to be about the sport of fitness. But I also recognize that back in the day, the sport of fitness was beautiful and I loved it. And I had a training environment that was amazing, but that wasn't what paid our bills. Yeah. What paid our bills is the 99% getting in the best shape of their life. And I think that hasn't changed. Um, do people come in here looking to become CrossFit Games competitors? Not really. 
uh, years ago. Maybe they did. I, and, and I think that shift has occurred because I have taken myself out of the limelight as much as across the games focused competitor and more of a, you know, general physical preparedness gym. Um, you know, looking to get people in, in great shape and that's just a natural flow, right? right, right yeah. And, you know, I, I think that for any competitor who's in the CrossFit games right now, they need to be aware that their identity can't just be tied up in one thing. And that goes yeah, for everybody, absolutely. you know, because, you know, I, I retired when my daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. That was a very easy thing to say, Hey, I gotta, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know I gotta step out. Right. But for other people, they don't have that same, like, and I hope they don't have that same, like, like, you know, crazy stuff. But they need to recognize that if their life is fully built up of one thing, their identity can't be wrapped up about around something that will eventually go away. That's tough. Yeah, it is. And I definitely think we've seen that crossover here at NC Fit with your NC45, right? You're starting to bring this kind of world of jujitsu in a way into your gyms, which I think is great. And I know Arwen has seen a lot of success with that. Yeah. And I mean, I think making it more this level of intimidation, making it more available and not neatly packaged, but making it somewhere where someone's that's looking into getting fitness or be like, oh, yeah, CrossFit. It's not intimidating as I thought I can go in for like NC30, NC45, NC60, whatever level or whatever. These movements can be learned. These movements can be adapted to fit whatever need. And I think I've been seeing a lot of success not only in my personal life, but seeing other people be more like, oh yeah, I'm into it. You see a lot of these Instagram accounts where people are getting into CrossFit much or people are getting into fitness much later in life and seeing a lot of results of it because of it and a lot of benefits in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's awesome seeing older athletes in the gyms and just seeing them like how they progress. I think we went to, um, oh, what was it called? Oh, the throwdown. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that was just amazing to watch. It was so cool. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and, and still a part of it, it's just a demographic, right? So we we apply to the sport of fitness in some areas and we're focused on, you know, a, a larger demographic elsewhere. And, and our business goal from day one has always been to utilize a coach, a community to spread fitness to as many people as humanly possible. And and, and that's the the mission, the vision, and that's where we're going. And, and we're just barely scratching the surface. and. The reality is if you're doing traditional CrossFit, um, it's exceptional program for someone who wants to come in six, seven days a week, et cetera. The variance and complexity keeps people interested and keeps their body guessing. But if you're only coming in two, three days a week, there may be another program that could really fit your needs. And that's really where we've seen NC45 kind of hone in on that, right? Where it's just fundamental strength and conditioning and the athlete doesn't need to spend as much time trying to develop skills that they may never be able to develop or become efficient at. It's like jujitsu. You know, if you can only go in two, three days a week, you're better off at least for a while, really working your side control, working these fundamental skills and incorporating them into your game. Then you are learning these highly complex skills because your ability to retain them or execute them at any level of proficiency becomes pretty rare. Yeah. So I think it's pretty amazing that as a CrossFit Games athlete, you're now into jujitsu. You have a successful business. How do you balance all that and still have a good relationship with your wife, still spend time with your kids? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my wife and I really work hard at it, right? And um, my wife and I just got back yesterday. We were in Mexico for two, three days. And we have a, we have like a whole family dynamic that really supports us. And I think the, the key is my wife and I start off our relationship by saying that our relationship will always be first. 
and our relationship with our kids is obviously incredibly important to us. But we need to make sure that our relationship is strong. Because if we're not a strong relationship, then we're not going to raise our children in an environment that's going to be the best for them. And so it was really important for us to make sure we still have date nights and things like that, which have become super important for us. And so the way I balance different things is, first off, I have a family dynamic that's incredible with my in-laws around, my parents around, which is great. But I think the 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 differentiator is that I allocate specific times to do specific things. So like I will spend, um, you know, X amount of hours with my kids doing this, but that's all I'm doing. And, and it kind of goes back to that whole AMRAP mindset. And if I'm with my wife, I'm just with my wife. We're really trying to connect on a deep level. And, and, you know, if I'm working out, I'm working out. And if I'm at business, I'm at business. And I think that that central focus on whatever I'm doing when I'm doing it allows me to, to segment and, and, and move forward. Um, that, that's my mindset I go into each thing with. And keeping my wife and I's relationship was really important because, you know, especially when Ava got sick, we were able to rely on this deep connection that we have. And it didn't separate us. It actually pulled us closer together. And having those date nights was a nice way for us to re- reconnect on like an adult level and not just be about the kids all the time. Yeah, I think it draws back to what you were saying in your book about switching gears. Yeah. I think when you're in that gear, you're kind of just devoted to that gear, whether it's your family time, it's your kids time, it's jujitsu time, uh, or it's fitness time. You kind of just stay in that gear. And something we try to drive to our listeners is, when you are focused on one ca- one task, you you stay on that task, whether it's jujitsu, CrossFit, art, whatever. Take the time to stay in that lane, stay devoted to that. Um, whether it's you know something that you're interested in, or even like this podcasting, yeah, learning and growing in that regard. So yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's really you know for me, it was a necessity of my life. I wanted to be the best at a sport. I wanted to be the best husband and father I could be. I wanted to grow a multinational business. Those were things that were important to me. And when I started looking at them, you know, if you're kind of one foot in, one foot out, you kind of do everything poorly. And so I just kind of started segmenting my day out and really trying to be focused and present on what I was doing. And I, I've just seen um, a dramatic impact across the board on everything I was doing. Um, there's a lot of people who are really busy who never get anything accomplished. And I think that's important to note that like for me, I want to finish a task and then move on to the next thing. And I'm not perfect at it. There's areas of improvement, of course, but I just think having an open and honest conversation with yourself about, Hey, how am I doing? Like, how am I doing at these different things that I want to do? And maybe you realize that there is areas of your life that you're fluffy and need to kind of consolidate down. You know, if you're playing video games and you really want to get better at your job, but yet you're recognizing you're playing a bunch of video games. Well, maybe you need to get rid of that to still be successful here. And you see me make sacrifices. You know, my, my life is built up by balancing and sacrificing other things. Um, like I sacrifice the fact that I'm not going to go compete at the Rogue Invitational this year because to me, it doesn't move the needle for where I want to be with my family and my business and my, my fitness, but I'm going to go there and go support gym owners by putting on a business event. And that to me is in line with our vision, right? Um, anything that's outside the vision of supporting my family, supporting my wife, with philanthropic efforts or whatever we're doing, the business or improving my fitness, it just, it's outside the scope. So I won't do it. Like I, I, I don't, you know, I get hit up to go travel to events and I need to start saying no. And I think that goes back to what you mentioned in your book about having a strong why. And that helps, it helps lead you to, am I going to take this on or not? Does this add up to my why? Yeah. And I, I mean, for a lot of years, like I haven't done a great job with it. You know, like I, uh, you know, not that long ago, I went to another country 
and I spent like 10 days down there. And I reflected on when I came home, like, man, I was away from my kids. I was away from my wife. I was away from our business. Why did I do this? What was the why behind it? Wasn't it in alignment with the goals that I set forth in the beginning of the year or whatever? No. So, so th- that's one of those examples where, you know, you need to just learn to say no to these opportunities that might be taking you away from your focus. Yeah. And at the, an exercise that her and I did recently and at the end of her competition and my jujitsu competition is that we wrote after action reports. And basically we asked ourselves, did we meet those goals that we set for ourselves? What are our new goals for next time? What happened? And we can kind of apply that to everything we do in life. She's got goals in CrossFit that she wants to meet and I've got goals and it's basically a self-assessment tool that we utilize. You know, we reflect on where we're headed in life, what we're doing. And I think it's great. And yeah. yeah, I mean, and the whole theory is really just to to put myself in the best position so I don't wake up years from now and regret something. Yeah. You know, like up until this point, like there's no major regrets because I've had regular check-ins and that's a great way to make sure that if you are steering off course, you get back on it. Absolutely. Especially when raising kids. You know, when raising kids, it's so simple to start going down a path that may not be the best for them. You got to reel it in. So when you do your check-ins, is that something that you have planned out? Is it something that you think about at the end of your day? Yeah, it's either during the day or like morning. I generally do like um, a lot of morning cardio. Um, and it's, it's generally done through like either like a longer run or a longer bike. And I'll just check in like, hey, what, what, you know, what are the areas in the business that we're struggling with? What, what is the next five years? I mean, these are the thoughts that I have all the time because just, I have like a very entrepreneurial, I guess, mindset that way. But then I also take that same focus that I'm taking the business and I'm thinking about the other areas of my life. You know, like, hey, how's my relationship with my wife? What, you know, when's the last time that I did this, 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 this? And it's just, it's naturally something I want to, because I really want to be successful at all these different things I have in my life. And have you always been like this? Or is this something that you've learned over the years through your experiences or like through reading books? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like, I have a deep desire to be good at the things that I'm involved in. I've always been that way. Like if I'm going to do it, I want to be really good at it. Um, it took me a while to harness how to get there and also to be inspired to work harder than I thought was possible. And even now, I think I'm working at a fraction of what my capabilities are. And you know, that's, that's what I don't want to regret in the future is like, did I, did I not reach our potential in a certain area? You know, it's something I think about all the time. It's like, in CrossFit that I reach my potential. I would say, yeah, I'm okay with that. I can move on to new focuses. But if you're talking about the business, it's like, man, we have so much in the tank. You know, that's what fires me up. And I've, I've always kind of felt that way, but as of recently, even more. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's yeah. really cool. And I think that's really helped me. I recently got injured. Um, I injured my shoulder. It's due to overtraining. Um, and it's something that I struggle with, right? I get really obsessed with something and I just have to do it all the time. And so I think having that strong why, even though, so even though I've had to take a backseat, I was like this close to getting my first muscle up and then I busted my shoulder and I was like, now all that strength is gone because I have to rehab my shoulder back. And so just checking in with myself and reminding myself I'm doing physical therapy and I have to take it slow because if I don't. My shoulder is never going to heal and I'm never going to get there. Well, I mean, I mean, a really great way to look at your situation is like, I want to be fit for the rest of my life, right? I'm not trying to just be fit for today, not fit for tomorrow. And, you know, like, so for example, with the muscle up, was your di- dip really proficient or did you have a hard time coming out of the deep dip? I had a pretty good dip. It could definitely get better. Absolutely. I mean, I think 
I could do maybe one really good one. Yeah. So, so that's, that's another problem, right? So like early on, I learned a really valuable lesson. It was like in 2009, we had one of our members and she really wanted to muscle up and she had a very strong kip, very strong. And, uh, she really knew how to use her hip to create energy big time. And I'll never, ever forget the day we got her her first muscle up. So she's using her hip and she kips the hell out of it and she receives it in the bottom of the dip. But all of a sudden, as soon as she received it, the ring went out and she ended up breaking her arm really bad, really bad break. And I'll never forget that day because this is like a similar to a life lesson that I learned was like, you can't, you can't skip. You can't, you can't, you, you know, you. You can't skip steps. And where I skipped a step with her, and I'm taking responsibility for this, and I've still felt bad since that day, was I was so focused on getting her the muscle up that I didn't care how we got there. I didn't care about if we built the foundation to actually lean on. And I, you know, she was good at a pull up, but her dip was not strong. And so when she went to go receive that position, she hadn't developed the prerequisite strength to support it. And boom. And that was a really valuable lesson for me that, you know, whatever we get into, you know, there's, there's no shortcut, right? Like I could speed people up, but at some point, if you don't have the foundation and whatever you're going for, eventually there may be an issue. And, um, so I guess the point I'm trying to make with you and your muscle up journey is to really reinforce that, like the muscle up will be there when your body is ready. So like, if you develop this prerequisite strength, of the dip and the pull up and whatnot, then when it's ready to do the transition, it will get there. And I learned that the hard way with her. Um, cause a lot of people, they do their dip and they go a little bit down and back up again, but your first muscle up, you're going to receive it as low as humanly possible. So you got to work that total tangent to the conversation. No, 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 that's great. Yeah. Is it the same? Do you approach it when you're teaching, let's say a lower belt or somebody in jujitsu? Do you take the same approach? Like, Hey, they want to do the flashy stuff first or, but if you're coaching somebody in class or rolling, no, not coaching, but if you're just saying, hey, maybe this might work, do you kind of... I mean, you focus on the fundamentals. For me, like that's a good example though. In jujitsu, I don't provide uh, guidance and direction because for me, um, you know, maybe I'll teach my, like, my wife a triangle, right? But I don't want to teach something unless I feel like I have an expertise in that particular field because I don't want to give the wrong guidance and direction. And so that's really important for me. And in the gym, there's a lot of stuff that I have a unique expertise in from years and years and years of experience. And so that's where I could, I could shine light. But in jujitsu, not so much. But of course, I'd recommend the same thing. You know, before you start thinking about trying to do something, you got to develop a foundation and a framework to then rely on. And I think that's something that I really love about fitness. Fitness is never going to lie to you, right? You go to the gym and you can either do it or you can't. And it's a complete reflection of how much work you've put into it. Yeah. And how long you've been in the game for. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, and, and, and the, the tough thing about fitness is, and this is something that we always have to remind ourselves, like, you know, one year I really wanted to get better at handstand pushups, right? That was one of my goals. And every single week, um, I did an EMOM of 10 handstand pushups on parallettes every week for a year. By the end of the year, I was crushing those things. But it took me a while to get to that point, right? But it, it's just this thing where like you can't expect things to happen overnight. And I think that um, in business, it goes the same way. Like if we as an organization gave somebody a huge promotion and said, hey, you're going to make all this money, you're going to do all this stuff, 
but they didn't have the earned confidence. They had the background. We just kind of, the company put them in that position, but maybe they weren't actually credible to be there. Eventually, the company is actually doing them a disservice because when the company recognized it wasn't the right fit, they have adjusted that lifestyle. They've thought they've already jumped steps, but you got to kind of work your way up through that progress um, to be in the best position for sustainable, right? We want sustainable fitness. We don't just want to be fit for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And along those same lines, I looked at the NC Fit website and you guys have an internship program, which I think that's amazing. And I think that's so cool that you guys take someone who wants to be a coach and make sure that they're really prepared to teach and provide that same level of service as the other coaches that are out there teaching every day. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal, right? You know, and and, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what does that journey look like for a new coach? How do you guys assess once they're ready? So I don't, I don't do as much. Um, I mean, for me, I've kind of pulled myself out of a lot of that and I focus mainly on like the bigger picture of the business, but we have an internship process. We have an apprentice process and we know they're ready to coach. Like they'll go and coach in front of us and we'll see how they do. We'll provide them feedback on a regular basis. And then once they're ready, I mean, if they complete the apprentice and the internship process, they're probably ready because it's, it requires a lot of time and it's not just something you can do overnight. And then at that point, then we obviously had them coach a class. We provide them feedback, coach another class, provide them feedback. And then if, and then, then maybe they'll, they'll start coaching classes for us. But the whole idea is that, um, there needs to be a standard set and, um, you know, that's what we're looking for. You know, the other day I was talking to a business friend of mine who owns, um, a bunch of restaurants and, he asked me a really simple question. I, I received the dish from the restaurant. And he's like, oh, what'd you think of it? I said, it was good, right? It was okay. It was good, right? And he could tell by my expression that it was okay, right? And he asked me if, he asked me an even better question, which I found fascinating. Would you order it again? That was his question. I said, no. And so that's something I've been thinking about a lot with our coaches and with our team is like, are we providing a good class? Sure. But is that is that member going to leave and say, I want to have that experience again, right? And so when we're looking at new coaches is, are they having the fundamentals of, can they coach well? Can they do this? But they also bring together the intangibles, the charisma, the engagement that's going to have someone want to come back again. Um, these are all things that we think about on a regular basis. But I just thought that that, um, that analogy with the food was really interesting to me. Because like, if you leave a class, like, let's just say you go take a soul cycle class. Like I've taken all these classes. So how was the class? That's good. Right. I mean, it's, it's good for what it is. Right. But would you go back in? If you say no, well then why not? Right. Um, I just think that's interesting. It's a great way to unpack it. Right. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think, I mean, you talked about the curse of the unpaid coach and why it's important to have good coaches. Yeah. And so I think that's, I mean, that goes for any profession, any, any profession. I mean, it's like, you know, today, uh, Anything you do, right? Um, and we made this analogy in that thing. It's like, you know, if you're a lawyer or if you're a dentist or if you're a doctor, you're not just, you know, saying to a friend, Hey, can you cover me tomorrow? It's like, no, because you consider it a, a, an earned skill, right? And I think that we need to look at it that way. Same with thing with coaching or jujitsu or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think Arwen and I have definitely had that experience at NC Fit. We walk in and just that level of service that we receive from the coaches, it was so different from other gyms that we've been to. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing, right? I mean, that's the goal. And I think that we're not even scratching the surface where we could be, but we're on that trajectory. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely in parallel what you've done and what everybody's done here at NC Fit, and it's really set the bar really, really high. Because every time we go into a box and kind of check it out, check it out, we have this higher level of expectation, and then it's nowhere near the same. And it's not a bad experience. Yeah, yeah, and it's not bad, right? It's just that when we have a level of expectation, and then we go there and we're like, ah, okay. Yeah, and that's where it gets tough, right? Because your level of expectation is so high that we need to continue to to every day. Uh, you know, improve upon that or, or, or somehow. Yeah. And it goes into the details. You know, I was, I was, again, I was with this chef friend of mine. His name's Michael Mina. We were sitting at dinner and he's like, every day you're either getting worse, you're getting better. I'm like, okay, Michael, I've heard that before. <laughs> and he goes, you know, you watch all these, so we're at one of the restaurants, right? And we're watching all these people. He's like, the difference today between the fork being right here or right here could be better or worse, right? Like it's supposed to be right here, not right here. And it's such a small detail, but when you look at the overall class experience we're trying to provide and you could take little pieces like that, that's how we get better every day. And it's the same thing with your fitness. It's just a little bit, right? It's just a little tinker, right? Um, and you're not going to make these huge adjustments, but if we can just do a little bit over time. Next thing you know, you look at it a year later and you're a whole different place than you were before, you know? And celebrating that I think is really important. Well, it looks like we're coming up on some time here, but Jason, where can people reach you or find you if they want to follow you or any of our listeners? I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're local to the Bay Area or we have corporate sites all around the world, but they're close to um, the public, um, we're also opening some new locations in Southern California, which is really exciting. Um, but you could just look us up at nc.fit. Um, you can check us out at, uh, you know, Jason Kleepa on social media. And um, if you're a gym owner or coach, the Business of Fitness podcast, but uh, or you guys read the book. So if you guys want to check out the book, uh, the book is called As Many Reps as Possible. It's a book that I wrote um, just about the mindset that I take in every day. And and um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for having us and sharing your space and willingness to be on the podcast. Uh, we're eternally grateful for this opportunity and just speak with you and kind of break bread. Take your brain. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Anytime. If it's only one thing that our listeners get out of it, it's, it's, it's those nuggets of information, whether they apply it as a whole or take the extra step to finish those extra reps at the end of the last te- seconds of a workout and be like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm going to be satisfied at the end of this. Love it. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate All right. It, no problem. Thank you. All right, guys, just a quick interjection here. I hope you don't mind. Uh, Thank you for listening to this whole episode. We had some audio technical difficulties um, recording. That's why the audios would switch back and forth. But uh, we bared through it and got we got it. And uh, I'm glad that we were able to sit down and actually talk with Jason. Um, great opportunity to meet him and just kind of listen to him talk about his experiences with Jiu-Jitsu, CrossFit, and being a business owner. So we hope you guys enjoyed as much as we enjoyed listening and talking with him. So if you guys are interested in following us on Instagram, it's F2F Podcast. We also have the website where you can listen to any of the episodes uh, on F2FPodcast.com. Subscribe to us on Spotify, on TuneIn, on Apple, on Google, pretty much anywhere that you guys can listen to podcasts. We are there. And and if we're not, let us know. We'll definitely try to be on that medium. But again, thank you for listening. And we hope you guys enjoyed it.